Hey there everyone, Jill here in the pickle jar and today I'm going to share with you a unique perspective that I have about Addison's disease. Um, I'm calling it growing up Addison's. Um, depending on when you're watching this this video or listening to the podcast, um, stick skip ahead an episode or two because my sister is going to be recording an episode soon with me. Um, she's going to be able to give us some really great inside advice. Um, she's a pharmacy technician and she is one of the she is my main advocate. She's the person I go to for my meds and for advice. And she's going to give you some practical advice to help you understand your medication a little bit better and some tips and ideas for you to hopefully open up some conversations um, with your medical team so that we have better quality of life and better management management of our medications. Um, she's also going to share with you her perspective on growing up Addison's. Um, if you're not aware yet, my dad also had primary Addison's disease. So Addison's disease has always been part of my existence. He was diagnosed in 1970, about five years before I was born. Um, so I'm going to share with you two worlds in this episode. Um, so first, I'm going to share with you my memories of what it was like growing up with a parent with Addison's. What do I remember? And then being diagnosed as... Uh, six years after he he passed away um, and now living in his world, I'm going to share with you, you know, what that's like to reflect back on his life and what kind of realizations I have realized um, now that I'm living in his world. So, um, so growing up Addison's as a very small child, I cannot tell you when I learned my dad had Addison's disease. I just always knew. I know I was very little and I was told your daddy has a disease and it, from what I remember, it was it wasn't really an issue. I was like, kind of, oh, okay, Dad's got a disease. He's got Addison's disease. Okay, I'm gonna go outside and play now. <laughs> so that that was kind of my attitude as a child. I was very, uh, uh, very high energy, very high strung. So um, I remember knowing he had to take medication every day, and I remember knowing that medication was very important. He had to take his meds to stay alive. So it was kind of like my attitude was just kind of like, okay, we'll take your pills. You'll be okay. Life goes on. Um, I don't at any point in my early life, remembering the words about adrenal crisis. I don't remember hearing the words adrenal insufficiency. Um, I don't ever remember being explained what it meant that he had Addison's disease. I just knew he had to take pills to feel better that he got really sick, that they thought he had an ulcer. He was diagnosed with this disease. And now we're a happy family. And um, growing up, I know he knew to take, to double his meds if he got a cold, to triple it if he got a fever. I remember my mom telling me that when he was diagnosed with Addison's disease, he stopped playing hockey. He stopped smoking and he stopped drinking. Um, growing up, there was... He never had a crisis in my early years. There was never, you know, there was never no issues. He never talked about it. It wasn't something that was talked a lot about in my family. Um, he just kind of, you know, and I would say based on his generation and his age, he, he was a very private and just, it, it just wasn't discussed. It, it just, it just never came up. I remember as a child, he would, he worked nights at a grocery store. So he'd come home in the morning, he would sleep, he would take his pills, he'd wake up, take his pills. And as a small, as a child, I, part of my nightly routine was wake daddy up for work, 
daddy would get ready for work. He'd stand at the bottom of the stairs. My mom would give me his pills and I would run and I would give him his pills. Um, he never really had an issue until I was in university. He had um, what they said was a mild stroke. He was, I think, in his late 40s. Um, looking back now, I now know that his stroke was caused by, he had actually, he didn't see his endocrinologist very much, but he had seen his endocrinologist and he thought the endocrinologist had told him to stop taking his Florin F. So he stopped taking his Florin F and he collapsed on a golf course. So basically he went into an adrenal crisis, um, which again, from what my memory serves, they never acknowledged as an adrenal crisis. They said it was a minor stroke based on his symptoms, but it wasn't, it wasn't an adrenal crisis. Um, and until his death, where he passed away of an adrenal crisis, again, no, no, no real issues with the man. The man broke his uh, some vertebrae in his back, and um, he coached my baseball teams. And he, you know, he he did a lot of things that to me were just normal dad. Okay, so now, so now my perspective on what his world was like based on my experience now living with this illness, living with low cortisol, living with the ups and downs mentally. Um, another thing I do remember when, as my dad aged, when I was really young, he was very vibrant and very full of life. And as he aged, that that definitely changed, um, which we just, we just always think, you're just a grumpy old man now. <laughs> and um, we would tease him all the time. And really, he wasn't that old. He was only 56 when he died. Um, but that became the, the joke. He was just grumpy and miserable. And um, I definitely have a new perspective. He used to always t tell me nobody likes him. That he had no friends. And he was so wonderful. He had so many friends. Um, but he had this hurt in his heart that he carried with him and now and now I think I understand that hurt that he had because now that I live in his body and I live with this illness looking back there's so many things I can I can relate to um you know he changed a lot he did a lot more than what I realized I wish he would have talked about it more I wish he would have expressed more what it was it felt like to be in his body but i have a feeling he probably didn't even know he just took that as this is life with addison's disease what can, what can i do about it this this is my life this is what i need to need to do and I, but i think he knew looking back i think he he was more in tune to his body than what i realized and all these things that he changed all of his lifestyle that he lived he did it so he could live cuz he knew he knew how sick he was, but he never told us because he didn't want us to know. We were his whole world and he would have done anything for us to protect us. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, can you tell I was daddy's little girl? Okay. Um, so... So some things looking back, I can see, I can see, again, I just mentioned how his personality changed. 
No, I can see it was because because he was low cortisol all the time. His needs had changed and nobody knew. Nobody helped him. We didn't know. The doctors most certainly didn't know. He didn't like to be touched. When we go to kiss him, we always had to kiss his forehead. He just put his forehead out. And I think now that's just because he, he couldn't handle people touching him. And that's what I get when I'm low cortisol. It's just overstimulation. It's just, it's, it's too stressful to be loved. I learned after his death, my mom told me he wrote a lot of suicide letters. Again, I know what that feels like to have low cortisol and to have those emotions, those uncontrollable emotions. He said he had no friends. I often feel like I have no friends, that feeling of isolation. Of, I don't know, when I'm low it's this unbelievable feeling of unworthiness. Um, he cried a lot. <laughs> When he had a medical appointment, which wasn't often, but they say, for example, the man went in for cataract surgery a few years before he died and he cried. He called us and said goodbye. <laughs> We're like, Dad, you're having cataract surgery. Like, seriously, <laughs> you're going to be okay. But now I know that fear he knew. He knew, he knew how fragile he was on the inside. He could feel that, I always call it that, I have that feeling when my cortisol is low. You just feel that feeling of death inside your body. He knew it. He felt it. He experienced it. He was scared by it and he was all alone. Um, so one thing that really breaks my heart is in some ways it breaks my heart but I'm so proud of him because now that I know he stopped drinking he stopped smoking he really did live a routine quiet life he went to work at night he got up he did his thing he loved hunting and fishing and I think those are the things that helped him relax probably help him manage his cortisol he did so he gave up so much so that he could live <sighs> sorry uh oh another thing that i remember salt salt was a big thing in her family which i'm sure that does not surprise you um sorry i keep coming close to the camera if you're watching on youtube and I think it's going fuzzy every now and then. Um, salt was obviously a big thing in our family. He really liked Kentucky Fried Chicken. Um, <laughs> um, Toonie Tuesdays was his favorite day of the week. And now, now I know why. Um, that nice salt sodium rush he got. Um, he's, and as he got older, he he slept more. He would go into what I call the... I call it a the, the coma Addison sleep, which I do now. He 
as he aged and his personality kind of changed and he became that that grumpy old man um we'd have family functions and he would just be sound asleep on the couch and now i recognize that he wasn't sound asleep he was trying to preserve his cortisol his body was fighting to live and we had no idea we had no clue what do i wish i wish we would have known more i wish he would have talked about it more but like i said i don't think he probably even understood what he was going through he just kind of accepted it as part of the illness and and this is what he had to do to survive I wish there was more support for people with adrenal insufficiency. I wish there was more knowledge. I wish we didn't have to stop living to live. And that's what he had to do. He had to stop living. My parents didn't go out. They didn't socialize much. They didn't. My dad had so many friends. I was loved by so many. His funeral. There were so many people. he didn't see them because he couldn't be with them the way he wanted to and I wish he didn't carry that hurt in his heart because I know he did I can see it now I remember the look in his eyes he's been gone almost 20 years and I'll never forget that look in his eyes because now when I see it I feel it I feel his loneliness I feel his low cortisol. And for a man who just, he just wanted to be somebody. And always felt like he was a nobody. He saved my life. By dying. Because he went into an adrenal crisis. And it was then we really realized. There, there might be something wrong with Jill's body. Because there's some things very similar to her that are reflected in her father and that was his Addison's disease and six years later he saved my life because I showed up at my doctor's office and I did my research when everyone told me oh you're fine you're fine this is normal your cortisol is normal you're this is you're fine I kept doing my research because I knew I showed up at my doctor's office and I remember looking at him and saying I want to be tested because I don't want my children to find me dead one morning because I knew if they didn't find it, if it was adrenal insufficiency, my children were going to find me dead one morning. He saved my life. And now we think my 19-year-old daughter might be developing Addison's disease as well. If he saved mine, he's saving hers. And because of this, because of him, I'm doing this. And because of this, I get emails and messages all the time of people saying that this has made a difference, even if it's a small difference. I've had people tell me it saved their lives, that they've learned so much. And it's not because of me, it's because of my dad. And I know, I know someplace, somewhere he's listening.
<laughs> and he's here. If I can give him anything, I just want him to know he's a somebody. He was a somebody. He sh he was somebody when he was here. And he's more than a somebody now. Because he's doing what he always wanted to do. That was make a difference. So thank you. Thank you for being part of my journey. Thank you for letting me share. Share again with you here in the pickle jar. And most importantly, thank you for letting my dad make a difference in this world. Until next time, please be well, my pickles.